What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. My name is Carl, and I'm excited to be rocking with you guys for yet another episode. It is Good Friday up in America, where a big majority of my listeners are coming from right now. But I'm in Taiwan. It is Saturday. It is Children's Day and also Tomb Sweeping Weekend out here. So it is a holiday weekend for us as well. But I'm really excited for today's show because I have another amazing Black woman who spent some time out here in Taiwan and went back home to America and is doing a bunch of other amazing things that I will let her get into once she calls in and gets on the show. So I'm very excited today to be joined by Crystal. And once Crystal is ready, she will call in and we will get the interview underway. If you're not following me on social media, make sure you guys follow me on YouTube. I've uploaded some amazing videos. I'm on episode 52, and there are some good things for you to see. And in honor of Women's History Month, which was all throughout March, this will be the end of my FAR five-part series where I have had the honor and privilege of interviewing amazing women like Crystal, who will be joining and calling into the show momentarily. So again, some of my side projects I have going on. I was interviewed by ICRT Radio out here in Taiwan. If you haven't, Make sure you go and check out that interview. Um, it's live on YouTube, and I will link that in this the I will link that in the description. But without further ado, let's welcome Crystal to the show. Crystal, are you there? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. How are you? Welcome. How well? How are you doing this evening out there in America? <laughs> I am doing good. Doing good. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today here on the show. And if you don't mind, I just want to jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, what you're doing now, and how you ended up in Taiwan when you were here? Of course. Um, so hello, everyone. My name is Crystal Cotton. Um, I am 25 years old and uh, from North Carolina and the United States. Um, yeah, so right currently I am a second grade teacher here at a public school in North Carolina. Um, but before, um, I of course was in Taiwan. And how I got there, um, during college, whenever I was studying my, in my undergrad, it was elementary education. So always wanted to be a teacher. Um, and so whenever I was, up, uh, when I was in college, there was lots of um, study abroad programs. And I really, really, really wanted to do it. But unfortunately, time, money, different factors like that, um, I wasn't able to. And so I made it a mission that whenever I, uh, whenever I graduated, I was just going to travel as much as I wanted to. I've always wanted to travel, always wanted to see parts of the world. But I also wanted to bring my other passion of teaching um, into to the mix as well. And so I uh, did lots of research on how I could do that, make that happen. Um, signed up for a TEFL program in Chicago. So I went to Chicago for a month. And there, um, they just had lots of different options and, and helped you out with getting a job. And of course, everyone's like, Asia, 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 you know, that's kind of like where it is teaching English. And, and that was, you know, where I that I wanted to pursue as well. But this little, little island called Taiwan, <laughs> uh, this <laughs> little island, um, my friend who was also in the TEFL class, she was just like, you know what, I'm going to Taiwan. 
And for me, I'm like, I was dead set on Thailand. Like, no, they had the beaches. Mm. Like, I, I'm, I'm a beach girl. Like, oh, that, that, that was me. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to Thailand, Thailand, Thailand. She was like, no, Chris, I'm going to Taiwan. I'm like, what is Taiwan? Like, you mean Thailand, right? She's like, no, I mean Taiwan. <laughs> and she's like, Crystal, do your research. And, and I did. And I just found that it was a hidden gem. No one really knows about it, but it's just so incredible in the research, how open-minded this country was and, and uh, how forward they are um, and, and things that they do and, and their government. And, uh, and I, you know, of course, being a black woman, I wanted to find a place and find a country that I felt like I could belong in and feel you know, like I wouldn't be, that I wouldn't have to, you know, like, I don't know, not, not be black. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I but I just wanted to, to go to somewhere, go somewhere that I knew that I would be able to fit in. And as I was doing my research and saying that, Hey, not only do our black people thriving there, there's also, uh, gay rights and an LGBTQ rights there and that's open marriage and, and all these other stuff. So I was just like, you know what, this is where I want to do. That's where I want to go. And Taiwan. So shout out to Amanda for in my <laughs> class for pushing me to go to Taiwan and think outside the box and, and do my research on this amazing, amazing country. So you, so you had an education background before you came to Taiwan. Cause I know most yeah. people interview, they don't, Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you, you had an educational background before you came to Taiwan. So you were already a teacher before you landed on the island? Yes, correct. Um, I went, like I said, I went straight out of college. So I didn't have, you know, like any classroom experience other than like my student teaching. But yeah, I'm mm-hmm. elementary ed all the way. That's what I wanted to, to pursue my dream in. Um, at first I had started, I was coaching gymnastics um, at my mom's gymnastics facility. So I started when I was 14 coaching gymnastics. And when I went through college, um, at first my major was uh meteorology atmospheric sciences and meteorology because i had wanted to be yeah i wanted to be a meteorologist (laughs) since the second grade when i learned about clouds and stuff so i was like yeah i'm going to college for that and then once i got there and i took those physics classes (laughs) i I was like you know what nah i'm good let's go ahead and and do uh what i know i'm good at and it was teach and was coaching and i found my love of teaching through coaching and working with kids and doing summer camps and stuff like that. And, and what my mom tells me all the time, a a coach is just a teacher, but just with sports. And so I went ahead and changed my major and went through education. You know, that, that makes so much sense because again, I never thought when I came to Taiwan that I would teach for as long as I ended up teaching. I'm glad I've transitioned out of it now, but you know, like when I was younger, I did a lot of mentoring and like working with students in different ways, not necessarily classroom-based teaching, but I think that's what made it easier for me to transition into the classroom because I was like, man, I can just be myself and teach a language. I speak every day, except Mm -hmm. I don't get to teach, uh, black, black language because they want to understand it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 
So in regards to expectations in the classroom, was it was working in Taiwan and being in the classroom as a teacher, was it what you expected it? Uh, like what what were your expectations when you were looking into, all right, I'm going to be a teacher in a foreign country? What did you want and what did you end up getting once you actually arrived here? Right. Um, so for me, I really was just like, okay, they're going to be working on just grammar, like grammar, 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 grammar. We're going to go through these books and tell tell you like what is a – uh, what is a prepositional phrase and what is a a gerund and, and all that stuff because in my TEFL class that's kind of like what we had to know how the language worked and so that was kind of so what I was going thought I was going into like teaching the mechanics of it and and all those like crazy phrases and stuff like that with with the English language but no it was more so conversational whenever I got into the classroom um mm. it wasn't like that nitpicky kind of thing that I thought um but it was just kind of getting students just used to talking used, used to speaking the language and used to hearing it and repeating it and and stuff like that um I've noticed at least with my job that I had um, that was really, it was really heavy on the conversational piece um, instead of like the, of course we had the writing and stuff as well, but not, it was more of that um, in conversation and getting used to it and seeing words and, and seeing phrases um, and a lots of uh, like book reading too. Um, like uh, I was working with first graders mostly and, you know, the books, brown, brown, butter, brown, uh, brown beer, brown beer, what do you see? And just things like that. Um, I, I truly, truly thought it was going to be not harder, but um, at least more in depth than than I had mm. to. Um, because like I said, with my TEFL class, they were like really going through how the language works and how the ins and outs of it and things like that um so which it was just great because that was super scary going in like I'm like oh no I barely know the language myself after learning going through that class like wow like English is hard it is a difficult difficult language and I was truly worried going into it but once I kind of understood no they're just getting that practice and they're um just getting used to speaking the language and not being afraid of it and I think that was just the main piece is just getting the kids to not be afraid of the language um, and get comfortable with it and get comfortable around foreigners as well. Um, yeah, I think that was a big piece of, of my job when I was there. I am right with you with like the grammar thing. I am not a big grammar person. I, mm -hmm. I did not enjoy teaching grammar. Like I ended up teaching in the high school and like they had this big grammar book and it was just pages and pages and pages of yeah. rules and all that. And I was like, look, these kids aren't going to remember these rules because honestly, I don't remember these rules. Uh -huh. So I went by like old things that I learned when I was <laughs> when I was in school. I was like, hey, the more you read, the more you understand and the more you write, the better you'll get. And like, I'll correct little things for you. And I, I hate it when I got the question, hey, teacher, why is this this way? And I'm like, yes. Yeah. There is a rule somewhere. I can't <laughs> recite it. I'm just going to tell you it's wrong. I'm going to help you fix it. So, I mean, that's just, you know, yeah, that's that's just how I kind of went about that. But I'm very, very glad, like you said, that it wasn't heavy on the grammar. It was more on the conversation and like getting mm -hmm. to know them, uh, the getting to know you aspect of it. So okay. I, I, I know you talked about when you did your intro, like how you ended up mm -hmm. in Taiwan, like the culture is something that kind of drew you to wanting to be, you know, to be out here um, and, yeah. and live. Um, and right. living is a big part of, you know, when you relocate to teach because... You still have to live here and have homes and yeah. stuff like that. 
Right. So like, what were some of the hardest things to adjust to uh, with living in Taiwan versus, you know, coming from America where you're living there? Yeah. Um, for in, okay. So in North Carolina, like it's, we're spread out. We're very spread out. Um, I mean, of course I have neighbors and things like that, but you know, we kind of own, have our own little space and then the next door neighbor has their space and we (laughs) drive, we drive everywhere. Um, you're not just walking down the street to go get something. No, you're getting in the car, you're driving up to the gas station and then you're coming back kind of thing. So that living in Taiwan and that, in that space, in that way, like everyone, I had to get used to people being not on top of you, but near, like, you know, it's, there's lots of people and there's, you know, in a, in a, area and in a city it's a big city but it sometimes it doesn't feel that way um because there are so many people there and I had to get used to that I had to get used to you know public transportation because that wasn't that's not a thing here in North Carolina like we don't have subways we don't have you you have a car if you do not have a car it's you're using Pat and Charlie <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or you're taking a bike you're biking somewhere or something you know so that was mm a little difficult to get used to as well and not having that space you know um there of course there are some areas in in taiwan that do have that like senshu and and things like that but but no like that's that was really big had to get used to that public transportation and and being you know not necessarily on my time um, because mm-hmm. that, that's the thing as well. Like things are on your time. You get up and go when you want to, and you're not waiting, you're not waiting for your bus to come, you know, you're not waiting for, uh, things like that. But, um, but the good thing about it is I do love a, a 7-Eleven run. Like that's, that's been super oh, hard coming back <laughs> to North Carolina and like, and it's dead and it's dead at nine o'clock here as well. So I'm not used to walking out at 10, 11 PM and there's still people out and about and walking around and lights are still on and everything like, no, everything shuts down here at nine o'clock. <laughs> so that was, that was in a good way In a good way. It was different. Um, but another thing, oh my goodness, I just realized this, not flushing the toilet paper, Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh man. I still, I still haven't gotten used to that. I know. <laughs> that was super, super hard. And I, and I must admit, like that first month, probably every other day, I flushed my toilet paper. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, oh, no. I do hope I do not mess up this plumbing. But it's true. Like that, was, that, took, that took a while for me to get used to. And it's still, still now I'm – I probably wouldn't be okay with it, but it's that, that was definitely like, I just want it to flush it down the toilet and move on and get away with it. Because that's where it belongs. And the funny thing is like in some places, like in smaller areas in Taiwan, you're not supposed to, right? So if you're in like a small country or like town, a small town, because their plumbing is bad, but in like big cities, you actually can like, I actually asked the government, like, can we, you can flush it down the toilet. It's just people were, yeah, people were so used to not doing it that they don't do it. So, you know, like um, Patrick and I, we have the bar here and, you know, we're the only ones that work here, you know, pandemic, whatever. So Mm -hmm. like, it's always disgusting at the end of the day when you have to go, you know, and, and clean up the, the bar bathroom because it's like, uh-huh. man, wow, this damn 
the damn pictures be everywhere. And I'm like, watch the trash cans right there. I was like, if you can't find the trash can, just put it in the damn toilet. We even yeah. have a we don't even have a sign that sorry, like I got a little emotional about that, but yes, yeah, that that is annoying. <laughs> oh my god, no, you're fine, you're fine. But that was yeah, that was my mom. My mom came with me too for the first two weeks and like she made like a sign, like a sticky note to put like right on my bathroom door. Do not flush the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh gosh. And that was, ugh. yeah, that was super, super hard, super hard. Um, and uh, the trash cans, I guess, you know, of course, in, here in North Carolina, you, you have your big, your big trash can. Every house has one and you roll it out to the, to the street on Thursday every thursday and then <laughs> it comes and you roll your trash bag and your trash can back but you have to like catch it and stuff like that that was a little difficult to get used to too but after a while it was it was whatever and make sure you have to be home that's another thing too just making yeah, yeah. sure that you're home so that you can catch it but other than that though like it was taiwan was a pretty easy transition um I believe like once, once you get used to it, it's, it's kind of like, ah, that's just how it is. Let's that's whatever. Um, but yeah, like I, ah, I don't know. Just it's, it is lots of things. It is different things, but I don't know. I'm, I, I I just think it, it comes with it. It comes with it and it comes with learning and learning more about yourself as well. And of course it can be uncomfortable at first, but, once once you get the hang of it, you get the hang of it. Hey, it's Taiwan. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Because so. mm-hmm. I, I mean, because one of the things I know, uh, well, I, I did appreciate about the way that the trash system works. Cause I know the trash truck comes for some, like you live in certain areas, like the trash truck comes every day. Then you have yes. to run your trash out and throw it on the truck and the people ride past. But I do appreciate <laughs> how convenient recycling was or is, because I know yeah. back home, or at least where I was in Chicago, it really wasn't easy as easy as it is now, even in Chicago, to recycle. But in okay. Taiwan, it's like everything's pretty re- – it's easy to recycle in our buildings that we used to live in. Um, but also – um, I know for me, it's like pumping my own gas. I do appreciate that I can just pull up on my scooter and then like they True. they will they, they pump the gas for you. I know in America, it's like, man, you got to get out. If you didn't have a credit card, you got to go in the gas station in and that. pay, come mm-hmm. back. And it'd be free- Chicago be freezing cold. And it's like, man, yeah. my hand about to fall off. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't want somebody to pump my gas in the cold because like I would feel bad. I would just do it myself. But I do appreciate yeah. that. And man, uh, the, the safe haven that is 7-Eleven. Like, you just know that at any time, it's 24 hours at any time yes. of the day. Not just that it's 24 hours and it has literally anything you can ask for, from water mm-hmm. to medicine to toilet tissue to you know juice, food. It's mm-hmm. just that it's, a, it's safe. Like yeah. in America, probably at 3 a.m., I probably wouldn't go to a 7-Eleven oh, no. or walk, walk there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no matter where I am in the country, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, but in Taiwan, I le- legit would wake up at 3 a.m. and like, oh, man, I, I'm hungry. I want, I want a mm-hmm. snack or I ain't got no toothpaste, you know, random stuff like that. And I can yeah. go to 7-Eleven safely. And I, 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 sometimes I don't even you know, lock my door. I would just like walk out, like, run to 7-Eleven and then come back, you know, nothing stolen. Right. So, yeah, the right. safety that comes with, you know, being in Taiwan was a really big thing for me as well. Yes. Um, again, another reason why I'm glad to be here. Right. But, and I can, yeah, definitely agree no, with that. Yeah, I had really quick, I had a, um, on my keys, I had pepper spray on my keys when I had first come to Taiwan. And I think 
like I took it off like two weeks after I came because people were like looking at me weird, like looking at my keys weird. Like, cause I would, I had like a key fob. So I was like walking with it on my hand and they're like, what is that like blue thing? Like hanging on her keys and, <laughs> and it looks like a weapon. So I like took it off. Cause I was like, I don't need it. I do not need this pepper spray here. Like no one is going to bother me. I need it back in the States though, but no, let me go ahead and take it off. So that was, that was a relief as well that I had to, that I could, take that off like oh wow and I had it for like years too and just mm. that that feeling I didn't think that it was such a big deal but that feeling of taking off my pepper spray was like a breath of fresh air honestly mm. like, wow I do not have to worry about safety and having that not be a factor in in your life is so it's it's so uplifting and it it's you have you it allows you to think about other stuff other than worrying about your safety and, and checking over your shoulder every two minutes when you're walking down the street. You know, I don't, I don't have to do that. And that was, I was really, really nice that, that I didn't have to worry about being afraid, you know, mm. being afraid, just being me and, and walking down the street as a woman, as a black person, period. So Yeah. I, I love I love the safety aspect, and I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, like 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 it's, that's definitely a big part of the Taiwan experience that I think mm-hmm. you know I, my, I myself took for granted from being out here for so long. But I'm definitely you know glad that Taiwan is as safe as it is. And again, I really call it a haven because it really is a haven for people to come and just be themselves and just mm-hmm. live. Right, right. Uh, really quick, uh, a thirty second break for a message from our sponsors. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. And be sure to add our podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. And now that that's over, um, so Crystal, uh, another part, I have, to, I have to say that live because you know, another part of living in Taiwan uh, um, is the people, right? So we talked about the work with being in the classroom and teaching and the culture, right? Why you got here. But once you got here, the people, how did you build community in Taiwan? And then what community did you find once you arrived? And then how did you navigate that to kind of find your own niche and find a place where you were comfortable with, you know, with being yourself? Yeah. Um. Facebook. Facebook groups are awesome. Um, I found the brothers and sisters of Taiwan and y'all are my homies and y'all still are. And I'm still, even though I'm back in the States, I'm still an active member and I get to still network and communicate with you guys. And that's, that's awesome. Um, so definitely, definitely Facebook groups are very helpful. Um, so not, I'm not just a part of that group on Facebook, but I'm a part of Taipei ladies. So any, anything, um, lady related, you know, um, the best place to get, uh, women care, healthcare, and the best places Mm. to go, um, for, for shopping needs. You know, if you have a different type of figure, Oh, where's the best place that I can find some clothes that, you know, would fit me. And so, um, a part of that group, I was also a part of, um, 
Taiwan foodies. So I love food, love food. And I, that was a big part of my experience in Taiwan was just trying different types of food. And, um, Taiwan food, Taipei foodies was definitely, uh, a way that I connected with other people around Taiwan, different, um, expats and foreigners, and as well as got, you know, lots of, lots of different, um, suggestions and great food and, and good places to eat around Taiwan as well. Um, Let's see what else. I'm just part of a lot of a lot of groups on Facebook and um, my TOEFL program as well. They have uh, a Facebook group as well. If you went to Taiwan, um, so it was a part of my TOEFL program's uh, Facebook group as well. So highly, highly recommend Facebook groups um, if you are looking into coming to Taiwan because that's really where I I found my people, the things that you're interested in, there's more than likely a group that's already, um, already there and, and willing to accept you with open arms and, uh, just meeting new people. And I just say, and events as well are posted on there, um, in the area. And so just go to those events and, and that's a great, great, great way to network and meet new people. Um, so yeah, those Facebook groups are definitely, definitely it. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's so interesting because, you know, whenever I, uh, depending on how, well, when the person arrived to Taiwan, whenever I ask this question, the answer is always different. And I always mm-hmm. feel really old when I say things like, yeah, when I came, you know, <laughs> Facebook kind of had just got started up. So it wasn't yeah. like there wasn't any Facebook groups to use. So, I mean, uh, I am very fortunate when I, when I know that because of this, I relied more on like the school that I worked at. Right. So the people there, town people are really friendly. And I would always ask the people there for questions when I needed something. And, and if, they, if they couldn't, take me, then I'll have to kind of figure it out on my own, which kind of forced mm-hmm. me to get to know the island. And there wasn't yeah. even like Google Maps and stuff like that. Like you couldn't, oh, if you wow. had to get somewhere, you had to like print it out, you know, old school, print it out. And then I kind of navigate your way through. But people don't understand when Google Maps first came out, there wasn't a walking option. It was a car option. So you would have like this car map. And then, you know, I remember several times getting off the train and having to like talk to people and say, hey, I'm trying to get here. Can you point me in the right direction? Uh-huh. And it was a lot of that. And that was while it was frustrating, it was also refreshing because I felt I knew that I wasn't at home. Right. I knew that I was mm-hmm. a foreigner here, but I also wanted to get more comfortable in knowing where exactly I was going. And even things like yeah. parties. Right. You had to go to parties to find out when the next party would be. Right. You, gotcha. had, you had text text message notifications and like okay. you had to have different friends doing different things and then communicate with them and get invited to some spaces. And people frequented the same places because that's where they knew they would get a certain type of entertainment. Whereas now I feel like, you know, in Taiwan, I have too many options where it's like on a given weekend. <laughs> There's a Jamaican party here. There's uh-huh. a R&B party here. There's a, you know, there's tacos, taco Saturday here. I love right. tacos. Uh, and it's beer. It's all you can drink beer here. It's like, man, I don't know what to choose from. So, you know, my technology is great. I feel like uh, I was able to meet more people because in different ways, because I just had to force myself to communicate with them and like, hey, where do you guys go for fun? This sounds right. like something I'm interested in. I want to attend it rather than, you know, looking online and say, oh, okay, well, this this person is going here, so I don't want to go. Like like little things like that to kind of factor yeah. in your decision of where you're going instead of just yes. showing up, being present, and kind of figuring it out. Ah, I see that. I see that. And that's that's very cool. Like how how different, how different that is. And 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 I'm glad that you mentioned that as well, like asking people, asking around. And that was a thing that I still had to do that, like asking, um, like with MRTs and stuff like that. I would ask a local, like 
uh, like I would show them picture and like this here, this here, like what was it like, Sika <laughs> yeah. or whatever, like that word <laughs> it is. I'm like this here, this here, and a lot of people are friendly enough to like try to help you too. They're not just gonna yeah. like look at you like you're crazy, but no, they actually do try to help you here. Um, and that was that was awesome too. But I'm I'm with you on that because there are some options. Like there's so many, and as well as like on Facebook, you can like click who's if you're going or not. And um, mm. you can look at that list of all who's going, oh, I'm not <laughs> yeah. really feeling them. I'm, uh, uh, I'm good. Let's go to a different event or things like that. So I, I do agree. Like there, it is great to have options, but at the same time, it can definitely kind of bite you in the butt as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause again, I'm, I remember looking at pictures like, man, it doesn't, that flyer doesn't look good. I don't think I want to go to that, right. but I know like, like old school crowd be like, man, hey, this is part is gonna be uh, this kind of food. That oh, okay, cool. I'm. It wasn't even like a question. Okay, I'm cool. There. I'm there. Where is it? Right. Where is it? This MRT stop station, or I need the exact MRT stop, yeah. and then give me like the vicinity, and I'll walk around and figure it out. They're walking around figuring it out. Made me stumble upon a bunch of great small bars that I went nice. into because I got tired and got lost. <laughs> <laughs> That hidden gems. There's and there's tons of hidden gems around Taiwan too, which are great. Those back alleys, man. Like you think you're you're think you're like going down a road and there's nothing there, but no, there's this huge, huge bar there, <laughs> this huge restaurant that no one has even heard of. And it's like, oh wow, there's lots of people in here. And I had no idea this was even in here, but everything's like tucked away and that's that's the great thing about Taiwan too. There's just lots of little things just tucked away on an alley <laughs> that you had that you stumbled across. You know, like you walk down the wrong alley and whoa, here's something here. Like yeah, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> really cool about Taiwan. Well, I do want to circle back to teaching just for one moment because I do want to ask. I know because uh, you, you know you came to Taiwan with the intentions of teaching to have you know a little bit of an educational background, mm-hmm. uh, way more than myself. I was <laughs> like, do <laughs> how did teaching in Taiwan you know and and in, increase your level of passion that you had in the classroom? Uh, did it change your perspective about being in the classroom, or and like how has it impacted you in regards to your teaching methods back home? Yeah, um, I am. I'm more patient now with students than I was before. Um, of course, being you, you have to have a somewhat level of patience whenever you're working with tiny human beings, wherever you are. Um, mm. But just with the, I, I learned how to take my time with my teaching. And I'm not like talking like this really like fast whenever I'm teaching and trying to get my point across. I have to like, slow it down, break it down. And if they don't get it, if they don't understand it, break it down even further. And if they don't still understand it, all right, let's go back to the drawing board and figure it out. Um, that way with, and, and has definitely helped me after teaching in Taiwan and to bring that back in the States. Um, and as well as like my, my teaching style is, is it's more, it's still the same in a way, but it's more uh, student based. I, I, kind of go where the students need me to go I or I go to them you know I, I, mm-hmm. I meet them where they are instead of trying to trying to you know have these of course it's good to have high expectations for your students but I'm not saying hey I want you to learn all these words and phrases and things like that within a week no like I I'm more manageable with my with my um the curriculum and and things like that and it's definitely 
again, meeting them where they are now and helping them grow from there um, instead of just throwing something out there and saying, hey, meet this goal, meet this expectation, you know, um, that was definitely something with my patients as well as my my uh, class management as well. Um, that has really been a factor after teaching in Taiwan. Um, and with um, what was your question before that? Sorry. Oh, no, no. Like um, has has te- or did teaching in Taiwan in any way like elevate your passion for teaching overall or shift gotcha. it in any way? Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, it really just helped me understand that this is something that I want to do. Um, teaching is what I was I am born to do. Um, because if I, I feel like if I can teach and grow and, and help, you know, grow these minds of these children that don't even speak my language, then, then I can teach anybody, you know, like, and, and just not just with teaching and, but just anything. And that make, made me feel like I could be a better teacher for these kids and for any kid, because I can I can do this. I can um, help these students learn a new language, a brand new language that is so difficult and so hard, um, hard to learn. If I can help these kids get that and, and not be so afraid of this language, then I can teach these kids anything. Um, And that really helped me like solidify, like, yes, I want to be a teacher and this is what I'm supposed to do. But on the flip side as well, just not necessarily teaching in Taiwan, but being in Taiwan helped me feel like I can do other things as well because I mm. have noticed like a lot of a lot of expats that come over to Taiwan or any other country, they start teaching first and then they grow and they spread it like you, you know? Um, then they grow and they spread their wings and they, you know, find their other passions and, and and make a career out of those other passions and teaching is like a building block for them. And that's how I feel as well. Like I can, I can teach and I do have that passion of teaching and I know that I was born to do it, but at the same time I can definitely do other things that I would like to do too, you know, and explore those options as well. So yes, um, Taiwan has definitely helped increase my passion of teaching tenfold, but it has definitely also given me the, the drive and the mindset to that, in to know I can do something else. I don't have to just teach in order to be successful in this country. So, Man, yeah. I've been podcasting for all this time and I've never been able to put what I've been trying to say about that so eloquently. Thank you so much for saying that. <laughs> That's essentially what I was trying to, because I always was like, yeah, you know, like I, I grew out of teaching. What it really wasn't that. It was like you said, it was I realized through teaching gave me so many foundational things and built me right. up in so many different ways that it, it, it prepared me and it, it equipped me to be able to do the things that I'm doing now and pursue the passions that I'm that I'm pursuing now. People always were like, well, how did you do that? I'm like, because the way in which I use my time while teaching in Taiwan is just different than what I would would have done while I was in America. Yeah. And to be honest, a lot of jobs, well, most, a lot of jobs, just from my experience, don't want to build you up, right? They want to build you up for what they need you to do, not necessarily for what you're interested in or in different ways in which you can be successful. Some jobs mm-hmm. do that, some managers do that, but you don't really get that. In Taiwan, you're kind of, I want to say necessarily forced into that, but if you want to make the classroom experience fun and engaging and, you know, a good time for you, if you put the right effort in, then you do challenge yourselves to teach things in a different way, right? Because you can right. teach the same content the same way every time, but that gets boring, at least Boy. for me. So yeah. 
<laughs> so I challenged myself, all right, maybe today I want to sing it or today I want to draw pictures or I want to do this. And from trying all these different things from Googling and all that, you just expose yourself to so much that you then take into your own personal hobbies and your own personal passions, which is a good segue into my next questions. What passions, <laughs> what passion did you kind of discover or rediscover uh, through the time you spent out here um, in Taiwan? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely, definitely solo travel. I am a solo traveler. Like I, I did a couple of trips when I was in the states, kind of just to prepare myself to for this move. Um, I mm -hmm. went to I went to Boston on a solo travel. It was just like three days, um, and I went somewhere else. Where else did I go? Uh, okay, I don't remember, <laughs> but I went somewhere else um, before, just to, like I said, to prepare myself. But once I once I touched down in Taiwan and started living in Taiwan, like for a while, I was like, you know what, I am out here on my own, living it up and doing the damn thing. Okay, I can definitely do this into another country, and so that's what I did. I pack my bags and with my job like whew, my job was beautiful I had um every every other week I had six days off straight in a row and so I used that time very wisely and hit up as many countries as I could and um I went to seven different countries while I was there in my 18 months that I was uh, uh, more than 18 months probably about 20 months that I was there and uh and I did it all solo and I had the best, wow. best time. And I loved every moment of it. And I learned so much about myself. I got lost. I had fun. I got food poisoning, was in the hospital on my birthday. And, oh. <laughs> yeah. And I, it was, but still, though, like those experiences made me grow up. They made me mm. grow up and they really tested me and, and you know, drove me to I can do anything, man. I truly mm. can't. Like, and I even changed my, my Instagram username to crystal.can with an underscore because I, there's mm. nothing that I can't do. You know, I, I can do whatever I want to um, because I'm out here. I'm out here living this dream that people can't even fathom, you know, and then I'm out over here going to different countries and doing it by myself. What? Mm. So solo travel is just, that's me. That is me. And I love, and I, of course I enjoy, you know, spending time with people and stuff like that, but you, you really truly get to know yourself, um, whenever you do it alone. And that is, that is definitely, definitely a big passion of mine. And, ah, solo travel, it's, it's great. It really, truly is great. And just traveling in general, um, as well as, uh, as well as, <clears throat> excuse me, I had no idea that I would like, <laughs> I would like tea so much. I did not like tea. I did not like tea at all back in the States. Like North Carolina, we're famous for our sweet tea and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But I enjoy tea. I did not like it at all. And now I love tea. I love it so much. And uh, black tea. I even like the herbal tea. And just like, but I think it's different. Honestly, it's got to be different. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah. But I really enjoy tea now. And that's super, super strange for me. Um, I never in my life would have expected to enjoy tea. Um, but that's, that's me. I am a tea drinker now, which is super weird, but 
hey, I'll take it. <laughs> you know what? The same, same. Like I'm not gonna like because you know in America they have the sweet teas and like all this, all this. Not, not to me. It's not. You know, it's not the same. But in ta- Taiwan, man, them teas, tea, tea in the morning. Also, tea gives you energy. Like it naturally gives you, um, gives you energy and wakes you up. Because you know, I'm not a big coffee drinker because I just don't like. I yeah. used to not like the smell of coffee, but I'm I'm becoming a coffee drinker though. Do I get? I feel like, but. Yeah, the tea thing is real. But man, a solo, first of all, a black woman solo traveler, like it's so, there's not that many of you out there, uh, but I know that like that's something I I think I might need another, another podcast for that because I definitely interested in hearing the stories regarding that because honestly, I've solo traveled, you know, me and Patrick, we've traveled to 50 countries together. Yeah. Uh, so it's always been like, I've had like my road dog and travel buddy, but we've only been able to do that because of how well we mesh together travel wise mm-hmm. and just like as right. friends and all that. So it's easier right. for uh, like, you know, like he understands like I need a clean bathroom. I understand that he can okay. sleep on the floor and he don't care. He just like, look, <laughs> as long as it's as long as he got a fan and like a floor, I'm good. And I'm like, okay. disgusting. I can't. So we, we always find a way to meet in the middle. <laughs> clean bathroom. But we got like a bed and a half or something like that. Okay. But um, right. but I've solo traveled maybe once or twice. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I enjoy it. But it's not like it's it's hard. Because, like, you know, you like for me, I just miss those moments of, like, companionship of being able to rely on someone to do something that I, to be honest, just don't want to do. Like, I know I know I can navigate my way around the country and find the fun things, but I know Patrick can do it faster than me and better than me. So I'm like, look, I don't have to worry about that. It's like a less stressful-based travel for me personally. But I am interested to learn more about, like, your solo travel experiences and how they – I have so many more questions that I'll save for another podcast. Man. <laughs> That is just so interesting yeah. and again, powerful. Like people don't, like a lot of people I've always met, it's like, oh, I would never travel by myself. I'm like, why? You should try it at least once. Definitely, definitely. And the thing with, with solo travel that I learned, um, you don't have to be alone if you don't want to. Um, hmm. It's definitely, especially, it depends on where you stay too. I ended up staying in like pretty much hostels and stuff like that. So um, you do meet a lot of people. You will definitely meet people. There are def- lots of so- different solo travelers that are traveling as well. So you do meet people. You do, um, I and every country that I went to, I, I met a group of people and I went on different excursions or whatever with them. But whenever I was mm. done, whenever I wanted to be alone, I left and I was alone. <laughs> and, so, and so that's the thing, like you, you really don't have to be alone if you don't want to. You will meet people. You will, you know get all these different experiences not alone but you can if you want to and that that fits really well with my personality like I call myself the extroverted introvert like I enjoy Mm -hmm. I am an introvert like I do like being by myself like I really truly do but at the same time when I do want to hang out with people I'm all in you know let's do it let's go (laughs) so so that that really it, it kind of definitely um, it gave me the best of both worlds. Like, again, staying in a hostel, meeting new people, but at the same time, whenever I wanted to be alone, I could be alone and, and be in my own thoughts and, and do my own exploring and on my time, on my oh, time, man, yeah. not someone else's. Cause that's, that's super important for me. I hate my time being wasted and I mm. enjoy, I, I want to make the most of it as I'm in that country as I can. And so if, you know, the group that I was, you know, hanging out with doesn't want to do what I want to do. Okay, let's time to split and go our separate ways. I'll see you guys later. I'm going to yeah. go explore and do this over here. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, because well, well, I understand that because when you think about it, when you travel with the group, there's always that underlying pressure to you know to do what other people want to do and like yeah. not leave them alone because some people have that some people have that mentality that oh we went together so we need to do everything together mm-hmm. and what we found out early on is like we would take people on trips as part of our old company and we'd be like look if you don't want to do it you don't have to you can do whatever you want to do this right. is what we can do but you can choose that some people, they it would rub them the wrong way like well I thought we were all doing this together like where's the teamwork like we're a family yeah. I'm like no we're just friends and even <laughs> if it was with my family, like, like like even if I was with my family, I would still leave my sisters and do what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? So it is like again managing expectations, and there is a lot of power in being able to do things on your own time when traveling, especially Absolutely. when you're spending your own hard-earned money Ooh, and it's your wow. own well-deserved right, your well-deserved <laughs> time away from chaos, right? Because that's what a vacation is: getting away from the chaos that is your job, where people tell you or you you have to do certain things in a certain way. A vacation yeah. is I want to do things my way. Uh, right. Owning your own vacation, like that's that's just so important. Absolutely. But from all your amazing experiences in Taiwan, uh, what led you to you know eventually return home from Taiwan? Yeah, well, actually, 2020, whew, that was a year, not just for, for me, but many people. But it was a super, super tough, tough year for me. Um, I ended up losing my father unexpectedly in March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um I remember that day like it was yesterday, uh, getting that, of course, you know, we're 12 hour time difference from here and home. Um, woke up one morning to go to work and I see like 20 missed calls from my mom and got a call, called them back and said, you know what, Crystal, come on home. And that's exactly mm-hmm. what I did. I came home. Um, and then I don't know, I was in a way I, I ran back to Taiwan. Um, after two hmm. weeks of, of being home, I ran back because I just could not be here. Um, and so I went back and I finished my contract in, um, from March until August. I left in August to come back home because I needed to be. Um, I was not in the right state of mind, I guess I should say. Whenever I came back to Taiwan, I kind of stopped caring. So I kind of stopped caring about myself and I needed to be around people and I needed to be around my loved ones and I needed, Mm -hmm. they needed me. And so I packed my bags and I came on back home and I came home to heal and I came home to be around my loved ones. And I have done that and, and it's helped, it's helped so much. And, um, I just just listened to my heart and followed my heart in that moment. And being home is what I felt like I needed to do. And here I am. I am home. Um, and as well, I was terrified. I was terrified to teach in the States as well. Um, mm. You know, going from, like I said, straight from college. I went straight to Taiwan after college. You know, I took my TEFL course for a month and then I was out. Um And I had my student teaching, but my student teaching kind of really showed me what a teacher has to do in the States. And I was not up for that um, Mm. coming out of college. And so coming back home, you know, I needed to find a job. And and, I mean, they were hiring. They're hiring in the States and I'm a certified teacher. So why am I not using my degree? Why am I just trying to find any random job when I have a de- full-blown degree to teach? And so right. I um, 
I got hired on at the school that I am now, and I am teaching in the States, and it's super, super hard, definitely during a pandemic, um, hmm. but I also realized as well, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that I came home to do that, because if I didn't come home, I would still be in this mindset mindset that I can't, I can't do this. I can't teach here. And, and I know before I said, I can't, like, I can do anything. I felt like I could do anything, but I felt like I could do anything abroad, not back home, Yeah, you know? And so coming back and, and teaching here in the States has really opened my eyes to say, Hey, I can do anything here too. Shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was definitely something that I'm, I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for the healing process and I'm grateful for, for the opportunity to teach here as well um, because mm. it's really not so big and scary like I thought. So, yeah. You know, and, and, and honestly, like one of the best things I did, cause I've been in Taiwan for almost 12 years now. Every time I count, I always get the number mixed up, but it's officially 12 <laughs> years. But nice. um, about halfway through my experience, uh, I reached a point where, again, I was just in the office and I was like, I'm not myself. I'm not feeling as creative. I'm not engaging with the students or my mm-hmm. team. Or myself. So I, I, I was like, you know what? I asked my school, I'm going to go home to work just for five to seven months. And because okay. I wanted to I wanted to be 100 percent sure that being in Taiwan, not just, you know, for the short term, but for what turned into 12 years was right for me and what I needed. But also, like you said, to prove to just to affirm that I could what I could do in America if I could, you know, withstand being in America. And inevitably, I, again, like I said I enjoyed I loved everything about being home with family. That was what I needed. I think. Some right. for expats that are spending 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 extended time in America, uh, sorry abroad. Um, it's mm-hmm. good sometimes to go back home, not just for that two week vacation, right? But for an extended right. period of time where you actually right. get to be present for a lot of the big moments, like you know, like like our big holidays, like Thanksgiving, yes. Christmas, and New Year's, where it's really all about family and getting that love that you need. Because Absolutely. as much as you know, I love my friends out here, and, I'll, and I've made some great you know friendships and. I have like a brother that I live with and that's great, right? Not a brother, but like a brother that I live with. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing like that love that you get from family. Mm-hmm. And it's, you cannot duplicate that. Like, again, may, maybe you find a significant other and you, you know, you grow that love. But that's still a grown love. That's right. not like what you get from family. And I think that that is really, really important. I inevitably ended up coming back to Taiwan because I was like, working in America is trash. But um, <laughs> I, I, I was like, it's the same problem. Just. <laughs> For less money and less vacation time, no. I was like, "Hmm, this ain't for me, fam." And my family was like, "You look miserable," and I'm like, "Yeah, this ain't this ain't for me. I love y'all, but right. I am the traveling black expat. I can spend a little bit of time in America, but I need to be an entrepreneur so I can get the best of both worlds. Because working, nah, can't. Yeah. But I also had a lot of jobs before I left. But I like you, right from college, boom to Taiwan. But now I'm cool on that. But like, what right. was like? What are some of the things that you miss about Taiwan? Um, if there is anything to miss about Taiwan. What? Like almost everything. To be <laughs> um, just like the way of life. Like just the, it's just so easy. It's just so easy to, to live there. Um, you know, I, like I said, like coming, I had to completely shift my brain over to the whole living back in the States thing and not just living back in the States, but living back in North Carolina where I'm not, I am driving everywhere again. <laughs> um, Cause I'm not a huge fan of driving to be honest. And so I had to like get back, like 
dang, like I'm behind a wheel and I can't just make the 7-Eleven run real quick. I can't just Mm -hmm. walk out at 2 a.m. and and go run real quick. Like you said, leaving the doors completely unlocked and and stuff like that and I'll be right back. No, like I had to get in that mindset again. I had to, you know, shift my brain back in, I guess I could say survival mode in a way, like having to check my check my shoulder, check behind my shoulder all the time. Cause I had to, I didn't have to do that over there. So, you know, having mm. to transition your mind back into that. Um, I miss the food. God, I miss the food. I miss Shaolong Bao. Like that was like, oh, man, I had yeah. Shaolong Bao like twice, two to three times a week. And I have not <laughs> had any yet here. Oh gosh. I miss it so much. Um, <laughs> the safety the people the culture just and the nightlife i am like i said you know things close at nine o'clock here but the the nightlife you know being able even if there's nothing to do just walking down the street at 2 3 a.m and not have any care in the world about Mm. who is gonna mess with me or who is you know all this other stuff like the fact that i can do that there i i definitely definitely miss um and and things like that living in a city living in a, in a big city um in in taipei like that that is a big transition too with to coming back to a suburban rural town here in north carolina um that was that was big but i just i love the freedom you're just so free in 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 taiwan in my opinion i was just very free and i i don't know like i could do so many different things and 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 ride a bike along the river and there's just so much to do there's so much to do there and it's like you you feel like just being there for two years, I felt like I did it all, but I did nothing really with, you know, I did a minute portion of what you can do in Taiwan. Like I did not get to see as much, you know, and, and I kind of get that a little bit, but it's all gay. It's all good. Um, but yeah, there's just never ending possibilities of what you can do in Taiwan. And I definitely, definitely miss that, especially now since over here in the States, we're crazy at this COVID business and stuff is closed. And honestly, I haven't seen much of my family to be honest and, and things like that because of COVID. Um, but yeah, just, just the, the generosity of people as well. Um, you're not, you're not really worried about like, you know, I, I lost my, I left my phone twice on the bus, on the bus in Taiwan and I got it back. No problem. Someone turned into, into the police station and it was right there, <laughs> you know, but I, I missed that, that aspect of it as well. And again, that safety and just freedom, like I said, and the yeah. food and, just the people I, I miss my friends truly and dearly. I really, really do. Um, yeah, that's, that's a big piece. I do, I do, I do. I miss it a lot. 
There is nothing like I, I call them like uh, t- like I call them Taiwanese wellness walks where it's like, you know, really late at night. And like the it's not as humid because, you know, Taiwan humidity will put you down. Ooh. But I'm um, like, it's it's a nice breezy day, a breezy evening, rather. Mm-hmm. I'm not just go outside and just walk around like walk. pitch black outside dark, but just walk and think, have some music and headphones. in. I would mm-hmm. necessarily mm-hmm. paying attention to my surroundings. But again, like that element of freedom, like that is again, that is a powerful feeling to be able to just walk yeah. outside your house and feel safe inside and outside of your house and everything right. that you do, um, right. except, you know, driving, because they, they, they're not the best drivers here. But other <laughs> than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, you know, feeling safe in most things that you do. But yeah, I mean, Chris, thank you so much. This has been an amazing, like, again, I love talking to you. I hope, I really hope that you w- want to join me for another podcast down the line about being a solo traveler, because I have questions, because that is not a field of expertise of mine. But I feel like that uh, my audience could definitely, and myself could just benefit from hearing some of the stories that you have and uh, your experience. But at this point, are there any questions that you have for me or anything else you would like to talk about? Um, What? Okay. So you did say that, you know, you, the reason why you decided to come back to Taiwan is because, you know, you felt like that's, that's where you need it to be. Is that, is that, I guess my question is like, again, like what made you know that, Hey, I need to go back to Taiwan after you came home and, and things like that. Yeah, uh, for me, because when I came home, that was because, you know, my mother was sick and I went back because I was the only sibling that was able to just go back and just be with her 24-7. So by the time I spent back, I was, you know, I was taking care of my mom and make sure that my family, giving them support that they needed um, and being there for my mother, which was great. Um, And but also like uh, this this was the extended period of time, but I also took up another job because I did. I really wanted to see um, if I wanted to work and just be in Taiwan permanently or work and go back to America and have a life there and see the differences and like have my own kind of analysis. But again, it was just like being back at home was great, but I'd realized that, and I don't want to use, I'd realized that the type of experiences I was seeking, I wouldn't be able to get by being back home. And I, I I really needed the like the lifestyle that I was like traveling all the time, being able like having having more control of my time was the biggest factor for me because mm-hmm. I felt like when I was working in America, like my time was it was too controlled for me. Like I didn't really have the space to be the creative person that I was destined to be. That gotcha. I have now discovered that I am able to do. Like I would have never gotten into podcasting as seriously had I remained in America. I would not have you know been able to open my own bar. Like I wouldn't have mm-hmm. had this mindset that I had had I remained home because home was super comfortable for me and I didn't want to live in another state. And I didn't like the way that I, I felt like, again, I was pulled over by the police that this was before the events of last year. Like, mm-hmm. man, this was a scary feeling. It was all oh, your lights were off. Why don't you just, he took my ID and all that just to say like my light was off. Yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't like the feelings that I was getting you know, from being back in a place that I, that, that was my home. Right. right. And I didn't like that. Again, I love the family, but I didn't like the feeling. And one of the things that I experienced when I was younger mm-hmm. was again, remember crying, I wrote it in my book and I talk about it all the time, but I was, I had a bunch of internships. I worked in insurance and marketing and re- all these things, uh, finance, all these areas. And I was at one job one day and I just felt like I was in the office. I was like, my, I, I don't feel like I'm myself. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm forcing myself to be a person that I am not. And I was in tears. She was like, Carl, you don't have to, you don't have to be there. It's like, just come home. If you don't want to be somewhere, you don't have to be there. So just come home. You don't feel comfortable, go home. And like, and I, I remember those feelings that I had in that moment were just coming up and everything that I was doing. And I had a moment, I was like, you know what? Maybe Taiwan isn't the place I'm supposed to be long term, but I know for a fact America, at least right now, isn't where I am supposed to be. I am 
a black expat. I am meant to be in different places all over the world because I don't ever want to stop learning in the way in which I am able to learn from right. being abroad. Going home is necessary. So I'm going back home this summer, even amid COVID. Like going home amid COVID, going home is necessary, but yeah. staying home, like that's that's a choice that we have. Mm -hmm. um, and we can, you know, and I think I appreciate, you know, everything being remote now because now I have more control over. I can be anywhere and then be home when I need to be or when I want yeah. to be, or when I feel like it. And I think that's what life should be about. I don't think you should be forced every day to do things a certain way because someone making billions of dollars is making you do that. Like if you want to spend time at home, you should have that. And I know this is a deeper conversation, but that's just why I felt like I was so, you know, I was like, I was in a moment, I was driving. I was like, you know what, this is not for me. And my family even told me like, yeah, you need to, you need to leave. Yeah. It's like, we love you, but you're not happy and we can yeah. see it. So leave. And that's ultimately what made me uh, leave America and go back to Taiwan. And, and that is, that's, really really awesome and honestly my my family especially my mom has said the same thing like crystal this is this is not this is not where you need to be this is not where you want to be and it's not like I I love my kids I love my students I have awesome 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 I have 18 second graders that love me to death and I love them with all my heart as well but they are really the only thing keeping me at my job and my family is the only thing keeping me here in the States. And I say that all to say that today I signed my contract for my new job in Taipei. And I will be moving oh, really? to Taiwan in July. Oh, yay! I am coming back. I am coming back. <laughs> and, and I'm so glad. I'm, I, I wanted to definitely get... Because I, I knew I knew that you had gone home before and then you had come back. So I really wanted to hear hear your take on that. But that's you really your words just mimicked exactly how I have been feeling for the past eight months. You know, like like I said, I need it to be home. I need it to heal. I need it to be around my people. But now that I, you know, I got my head on straight and I've, I, I'm grounded now because before I was kind of just floating up up in the air with grief and, and blah and all that stuff, you know, now that I've, that I've ground up myself, I, I feel like it's time for me to go back. Cause I wasn't done. I wasn't done being there. I wasn't done mm. with Taiwan. I just needed, I needed to go and I needed to be around my people. And that's, that's what I got. And now it's time for me to spread my wings again <laughs> and, and do and finish what I had started and go back abroad and I was thinking of different countries but why would I go to another country when Taiwan is like home it's right um, there right and, so and it, 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 I told you, it's such a great I told you it's not a great place to visit it's a great place to live and it's such a great right. home base yes. because it, it is truly a place abroad that you can make a home without yeah. you know more, I don't want to say more easy, but it's a it's truly a place of that, that you can make a home uh, in yeah. so many different ways, and you can build community and find community and all those things. So again, I'm so happy to hear that. Um, that's that's amazing, uh, and I'm, I'm also glad that, again you, that you were able to you know go home and like then take you take that time to heal and just be around family because right. we all know like that's a big reason why I'm I'm going back again is because again I just need I need 
I need a hug for my mama. I need yeah. like, my nieces and nephews. Like I need them to know who I am, remember me. You know what I mean? I, I want all those things as well. Um, but again, Taiwan always be a place that I call home as well. So again, thank you so much. This is great. Oh my God, you're you're so awesome. <laughs> thank oh, you thank for you. having me. I really, really appreciate it. And for reaching out. Like this has been awesome. Thank you so much for this, Carl. <laughs> thank you so much for giving me part of your evening. I appreciate it. Crystal, have a great oh, night. Thank, thank you so much you. for joining us. I really appreciate it. Of course, and you have a great morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm about to get my day started. All right, I'm about to go <laughs> to <you>. bed. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. Good All right, thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Don't forget, if you haven't already, subscribe to my YouTube channel as I am trying to reach 1,000 subscribers by the end of the year. And yeah. check out my other Her Story episodes with the amazing Black women. And make sure you share this episode with Crystal because if you've been listening and you made it to the end, which I know you have, it was amazing. And other people need to hear more of what she had to say because she's an amazing <laughs> individual. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Black expat podcast like subscribe share and more importantly we are out here Thank you. <laughs>